Chapter Three Ten of Gargantua and Pantagruel, Book Three by Francois Rabelais. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. How Pantagruel representeth unto Panurge the difficulty of giving advice in the matter of marriage, and to that purpose mentioneth somewhat of the Homeric and Virgilian lotteries. Your counsel, quoth Panurge, under your correction and favour, seemeth unto me not unlike to the song of Gammer Ye by Nay. It is full of sarcasms, mockeries, bitter taunts, nipping bobs, derisive quips, biting jerks, and contradictory iterations, the one part destroying the other. I know not, quoth Pantagruel, which of all my answers to lay hold on, for your proposals are so full of ifs and buts that I can ground nothing on them, nor pitch upon any solid and positive determination satisfactory to what is demanded by them. Are not you assured within yourself of what you have a mind to? The chief and main point of the whole matter lieth there. All the rest is merely casual, and totally dependeth upon the fatal disposition of the heavens. We see some so happy in the fortune of this nuptial encounter, that their family shineth, as it were, with the radiant effulgency of an idea, model, or representation of the joys of paradise, and perceive others again to be so unluckily matched in the conjugal yoke, that those very basest of devils which tempt the hermits that inhabit the deserts of Thebaeus and Montserrat are not more miserable than they. It is therefore expedient seeing you are resolved for once to take a trial of the state of marriage that with shut eyes bowing your head and kissing the ground you put the business to a venture and give it a fair hazard in recommending the success of the residue to the disposure of almighty god it lieth not in my power to give you any other manner of assurance or otherwise to certify you of what shall ensue on this your undertaking nevertheless if it please you this you may do bring hither virgil's poems that after having opened the book and with our fingers severed the leaves thereof three several times we may according to the number agreed upon betwixt ourselves explore the future hap of your intended marriage for frequently by a homeric lottery have many hit upon their destinies as is testified by the person of socrates who whilst he was in prison hearing the recitation of this verse of homer said of achilles in the ninth of the iliads imarike tritato pythian eribolon men we the third day to fertile pythia came thereby foresaw that on the third subsequent day he was to die of the truth whereof he assured e kines as plato in Critone, cicero in primo de divinatione diogenes laertius and others have to the full recorded in their works the like is also witnessed by opilius macrinus to whom being desirous to know if he should be the roman emperor befell by chance of lot this sentence and the eighth of the iliads o geron a mala de se noe terosi maketai ze debin lelutai chalapan de se geris opazai dotard new warriors urge thee to be gone thy life decays 
and old age weighs thee down in fact he being then somewhat ancient had hardly enjoyed the sovereignty of the empire for the space of fourteen months when by heliogabalus then both young and strong he was dispossessed thereof thrust out of all and killed brutus doth also bear witness of another experiment of this nature who willing through this exploratory way by lot to learn what the event and issue should be of the far sailing of battle wherein he perished he casually encountered on this verse set of patroclus in the sixteenth of the iliads a la memoire oloi kai letus ectonin uois fate and latona's son have shot me dead and accordingly apollo was the field word in the dreadful day of that fight divers notable things of old have likewise been foretold and known by casting of virgilian lots yea in matters of no less importance than the obtaining of the roman empire as it happened to alexander severus who trying his fortune at the said kind of lottery did hit upon this verse written in the sixth of the aeneids to regere imperio populus romana memento no roman that thy business is to reign he within very few years thereafter was effectually and in good earnest created and installed roman emperor assemblable story thereto is related of adrian who being hugely perplexed within himself out of a longing humour to know in what account he was with the emperor trajan and how large the measure of that affection was which he did bear unto him had recourse after the manner above specified to the moronian lottery which by haphazard tendered him these lines out of the sixth of the aeneids quis procol illi autumn ramus insignis olibi sacra ferens nasco crinus incanaque menta regis romani but who is he conspicuous from afar with olive boughs that doth his offerings bear by the white hair and beard i know him plain the roman king shortly thereafter was he adopted by trajan and succeeded to him in the empire moreover to the lot of the praiseworthy emperor claudius befell this line of virgil written in the sixth of his aeneids tertia dum latia regnantum literat istas whilst the third summer saw him reign a king in latium and in effect he did not reign above two years to the said claudian also inquiring concerning his brother quintilius whom he proposed as a colleague with himself in the empire happened the response following in the sixth of the aeneids ostendent terris hunc tantum fata whom fate let us see and would no longer suffer him to be and it so fell out for he was killed on the seventeenth day after he had attained unto the management of the imperial charge the very same lot also with a like misluck did betide the emperor gordian the younger to claudius albinus being very solicitous to understand somewhat of his future adventures did occur this saying which is written in the sixth of the aeneids hic rem romanum magno turbante tumulti sisset equus etc the romans boiling with tumultuous rage this warrior shall the dangerous storm assuage with victories or he the carthaginian malls and with strong hands shall crush the rebel gauls likewise when the emperor d claudius aurelian's predecessor did with great eagerness research after the fate to come of his posterity his hap was to alight on this verse in the first of the aeneids hic ego nec metis rerum nec tempora pono no bounds are to be set no limits here which was fulfilled by the goodly 
genealogical row of his race when mr peter amy did in like manner explore and beg trial if he should escape the ambush of the hobgoblins who lay in wait all to bemaul him he fell upon this verse in the third of the aeneids hugh fugae crudelis terris fugae litus awarum o flee the bloody land the wicked shore which counsel he obeying safe and sound forthwith avoided all these ambuscades were it not to shun prolixity i could enumerate a thousand such like adventures which conform to the dictate and verdict of the verse have by that manner of lot-casting encounter befallen to the curious researches of them do not you nevertheless imagine lest you should be deluded that i would upon this kind of fortune flinging proof infer an uncontrollable and not to be gainsaid infallibility of truth End of chapter three ten